0: welcome 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 everybody welcome back to the Razzball fantasy hockey podcast this is reed joined by viz again as always viz we finally got snowfall here in buffalo um it's cold as hell outside right now not a huge fan uh we should get right into some hockey news though because i think there was quite a bit of uh like injury updates also want to say hello to our listener in saudi arabia and china <laughs> yeah and japan and it looks like laos or uh, cambodia i can't really tell based on the map but hello there
1: yeah i couldn't believe i was looking at the maps I, don't, I mean i don't know how accurate the blog talk radio stuff is but i i can't imagine they're pulling it out of thin air i was just dying laughing at saudi arabia and uh, there was there was one of the countries in africa like oh god it's gonna
0: uh, Angola angola
1: angola it wasn't the
0: only one though we well, had no, so, we had south saudi, africa right, as well, Afri- south
1: africa like there's some transplants there like it's not like as completely shocking to me like to me like south africa almost seems like its own country from itself from uh the rest of africa with how developed it is at least in certain parts but yeah angola saudi arabia that's pretty funny but
0: I'll say this to our Saudi Arabia listener. If you're still listening. Pl- if you're still listening, please you. post in the comment section <laughs> what fantasy league you're involved in and whether it's a, whether it includes people from North America or whether it is with other people in the Middle East. Because I am hella interested next year in joining that fantasy hockey league. Yeah, that's serious.
1: If you get weird. to watch games at all and you watch them at... I don't even know what the time. To, aren't they like sixteen hours or something?
0: It's something ridiculous. So, um,
1: actually, that wouldn't see. be that bad. Then that would be like morning time for them.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think exactly. Yeah, it would wouldn't it, it would be morning time? Um, Switzerland's eight hours ahead.
1: It's uh, let's see. six hours. Oh, no, ahead. See, they're only. They're only eight hours from here. Yeah,
0: because Switzerland's six hours ahead, London's, okay. fi- uh, England's five hours.
1: So that means a West Coast game would be at 6 a.m. and others would be at 3 Yeah, If you watch any hockey at all, uh, props to you. But uh, news-wise, well, news uh, Getslaff and Raquel – uh, not Raquel, Raquel already is back. laugh and Kessler are going to be back in the next week or two. I mean, obviously, get him right back in your lineup. If they're desperately needed. It could end up uh, killing Henrik's short-term value up we'll to see how they use him once they get back. There's a chance he plays on the wing, and he's still valuable. He's been very good since he got there. So uh, just keep an eye on that. Uh, other duck stuff. Uh, I mean, well, we'll get to that later. Um, what else you got news-wise?
0: Um, I. Hold on, I'm looking at. No, I don't have any other big <laughs> big news. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury has started practicing again. Mm-hmm. That's um, that's good news. I think he is definitely a. Well, we'll get to him later because I'm going to ask you whether he's a good buy low option.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Zibanejad um, got put on IR with his concussion. I mean that was just a a formality, really. Justin Schultz went on the IR out of nowhere, really. Uh, happened this morning. He he left Tuesday's game, I said, with a lower body, but it didn't sound that in, uh, serious. But, you know, he's out at least three games now, I guess. Uh, Ole has been solid this year. He's probably been better than Schultz has anyway. So you can pick him up uh, if he's still available. I'm fine with that. Otherwise, there, there hasn't been too much in on the injury front. I mean, day to day doesn't sound like it's going to be too long. He's already missed a couple games.
0: Yeah. Um, Austin Matthews came back and, uh, I know the Toronto fans aren't going to be happy here. He did not look a hundred percent at all in those games. Um, there was a couple, there are a couple national writers watching the game. And I was thinking the same thing where, normally he's the one who sets up everybody else. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like everyone else is doing the work and trying to set him up. And to me that says that he's not at a hundred percent because that's not his, that's not where his game has been when he's healthy. Yeah, He um, didn't, he didn't look
1: great yesterday against uh, Calgary. Calgary. Then again, like not many guys on Toronto did, but Frederick Anderson stole the show and got them to the win um other stuff uh, crawford's on ar Corey crawford but he quite little well said there's a good chance he's going to be back someday already so not much of a big deal there silverberg's missed the last four games he's a guy i was talking about last week and of course he ends up missing the, the next four games once he's back he, i think he's must own right now the minutes he's getting are great shout rates outstanding he was a game time decision the other day so i don't expect it to be long at all uh oh she missed the last game doesn't sound like it's going to be too too long for him though uh, i don't even know if you'll get an ir stint out of him uh uh ben bishop's out for tonight against the blues with the sword back day to day didn't even fly uh to st louis i have no faith in kari latin this could plummet the stars if Bishop misses any real time, so keep an eye on that. I know I know Lettinen played well his last game, but I don't trust him at all. Uh, Lundqvist didn't play against the Pines the other day because he's sick. Again, not a big deal. I have even less faith in Andre Pavlich than I have in Lettinen. And I think that runs down everybody.
0: Yeah, I think Yeah, I think so too. Um...
1: Oh, Luongo. He's He's Uh, a big big one. one. He's out indefinitely. I don't know how much faith I have in, in Reimer. Uh, Bob Bodner said it could be anywhere from two weeks to five weeks, depending on how he rehabs. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to push towards the, the higher end just because he's older and groin. It's hard for it to recover in even two weeks. So no Reimer's had his stretches in the past, but Florida's kind of a mess right now. I don't, I don't have much faith in him. I mean, if you're desperate for starts, I'm fine with picking him up just to see. But uh, I wouldn't be itching to get him in my lineup right away or anything.
0: Right. Um, one last thing: we did mention Corey Crawford, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Quinville said he'll be back Sunday, or more than likely be back Sunday. Forsberg, he's just not a good goalie. He's been fine no. this year actually, but until until last night where he he got lit up by Washington. His team didn't give him much help, but. Yeah, Crawford, if you're lucky enough to have him on an IR spot, that's good. But, you know, if you're in a head-to-head league and you're down in goalie stats, be sure to get him back in your lineup on Sunday. And, obviously, in a roto league, you want him back in.
0: Yeah. Because they're playing
1: Arizona, too.
0: Right. The problem is that Chicago without Crawford, I think, just looks lost.
1: I. Yeah, he's been you know, low- we keep talking He doesn't get enough ahead. credit for how good he is. he's no, been low he really, really good. I mean he's had a nine thirty save percentage this year. Well, and he's only got eleven wins. I mean you look at his numbers for most years, the wins are through the roof because the team is so good. Like last year he had a nine eighteen save percentage, but he he won thirty two of fifty five starts. So, you know, you're batting a sixty percent clip. This year he's barely over five hundred, but because, and now big reasons why is his save percentage so yeah, he's when they won the first cup he wasn't that great ever, ever since really he's been above league average every single year he's a model of consistency and this has probably been his best year to date so far. Yeah he, they
0: really need him back in yeah, the lineup. Yeah I
1: mean if he gets back soon we're going to talk about who we would give the awards to as well like he's a final is probably for the Vezina right now. It would probably take Bob falling off a little bit to catch him, but we still got a lot of season left, so it's in play, that's for sure.
0: Um. Yeah, okay, so that's it for the injury front, it looks like. Yeah. Um. Other, like, just big topic – things before we get into our little uh, segments here mm-hmm. um let's see new jersey still uh leading the pace for the metro division are we surprised that they're still in first
1: i i don't think it's gonna last I, i'm starting to have some doubt I, I, mostly just because i'm buying the teams behind them more than them i mean if, if Schneider keeps playing this well then they could stay, but at the same time, the gap is closing. You look at where they are now; they're at 36 points. They're four points out of being in sixth. You know, granted, they've only played 27 games. Some of the teams behind them have played one or two more. But I don't know. By the end of it, I would gun ahead. I'd still say that I'd say they missed the playoffs. But I don't feel great about that. They it, probably have better than a, a 50% chance, but I think. Honestly, I think all the teams behind them going down to the Rangers have better than a 50% chance to make the playoffs. I, I would be shocked if there aren't five teams for the Metro making it in this year. So I'm impressed by, you know, Taylor Hall has been great. Votnin uh, you know, looks like a nice addition. The question to me is, you know, Zajac in theory is going to come in to replace Henry. He slows as hell. Is that going to take away from them? Uh, quite a bit do they care enough to try to make the playoffs issue that they make a trade at the deadline to kind of push because you know Columbus's team is close enough I could see them adding for sure Washington's windows closing they're definitely gonna add to Pittsburgh's in that window as well obviously uh, the Islanders I assume they're gonna have to try to push to try to get Tavares to stay and then the Rangers too are in this kind of no-man's-land territory If they fall off, sure, they could sell You know, Nash as a UFA to be – maybe they make a bigger trade. But at the same time, like, they've been playing very well. They have a plus-10 goal differential, which is tied for the best in the division. I think they're a pretty good team, so I could see them adding another piece or two as well. So, you know, New Jersey seems a year ahead of schedule, and does that change their outlook? Do they care that they're a year ahead of schedule – or just let things take its course and see if the young guys can keep rolling. It's it's an interesting choice for them to make. I'm kind of glad I don't have to make it myself. Maybe it ends up answering itself by the time the trade deadline comes around, but I don't think they're going to fall off the map completely either. I know you like the Devils team a lot, and I I can't blame you.
0: Um, Does it worry you, uh, I guess staying on the Rangers here, does it worry you that they've played – 18 home games and only nine road no road games which means they have more games on the road many uh, way more road games mm-hmm. coming up and they're four and five on the road which like if you can stay at 500 mm-hmm. real 500 on the road and, you're in good and then shape. just and then be above 500 at home like you're in good shape right um they're four and five on the road. Are you worried about how many more road games they have, or how road heavy the rest of their season schedule is going to be?
1: Um, yeah, I mean you obviously have to take take it for value. I mean that is a big deal because the Rangers are what eleven and five at home.
0: Yeah, 11, 11 five five and two.
1: and two. So, and you gotta imagine a lot of these games are coming on the road against you know teams in their division. It must be coming up later in the year, though, because you look at the rest of this month and they got about an even home roads, but they actually might have more home games than than road games in the stretch. Yeah, end of January, they go out west for a handful of games. February, they got another road trip. So, you know, They've been a team in the past, though, that has done fairly well on the road. You know, they usually don't have as good of a home ice advantage as they do this year. They they play a good speed game. I don't think it's too big of a deal. They have nice depth. The depth, it just it makes a bigger difference in the regular season. You know they get injured as a Benjad and they've been fine. They've been winning without him even against uh, Pittsburgh the other day. I mean obviously it is a bit of a concern. What I picked them to finish fifth in the division, probably. I w- again, I-, I don't really feel good about it. I mean, I can see all outcomes for these six teams. I mean, even Pittsburgh, you know, they're in fifth right now. But, I mean, that's only because they played two more games than the Rangers. Uh, you know, their goal differential is the worst of all of them. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just – I have my doubts about all these teams, and I like all these teams. So, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> Other thing, too, is – do these teams want to finish fourth in the division to cross over like the Rangers did last year? Does that lead teams to pseudo tanking to get that spot? Does it also, are all those, are these teams able to even do that if there are six teams pushing for it and you risk missing the playoffs otherwise? Because there's no doubt in my mind, whoever finishes third in the other in the Atlantic, uh, my money would be on Boston at this point. Or Montreal is certainly in play the other the other teams or other four are just all a mess right now so that's the dream spot again right I mean I know you have to play Tampa in the second round then or or, I mean you have to play Toronto in the first round or in the second round and Tampa in the first round but even still like it's just such a better path than having to deal with you know what These teams did last year, you know Washington or or, or you know Pittsburgh had to play Columbus, then Washington. Sure, they got through and they won the cup, but that's not what you're looking for. Uh, Toronto's in the dream spot, really. I think that's where you see the pseudo tank is. I don't think they try to push Tampa Bay at the end of the year. I think they want to finish second and get to play Montreal or Boston.
0: Yeah, if I'm Toronto, I do not want to um, play. Right now, it would be the Islanders. I, well, no, I mean, they would get Montreal. The uh, Oh, that's right, yeah. The, Tampa. Or no, if I'm Toronto, mm-hmm. I don't want to finish first. Yeah, they'd play Pittsburgh have, right now. Yeah, then you're playing Pittsburgh. <laughs> and, Pittsburgh in the playoffs, man, do you know how hard it is to bet against them? Yeah,
1: it's a completely different animal.
0: Yeah. I, um, mean, what,
1: I mean, what? how brutal would that be for Tampa, for that to be your first-round mashup after you like storm the league? I mean, they're at 40 points now in 27 games. In first in the league, I mean, not by much, but still, even despite just a six and f- six and four stretch lately, really, that would just be a, a brutal outcome.
0: Um, okay, I guess we should move on to the um, buy low mm-hmm. candidates. Yeah, um, I'm know. gonna s- go. Yeah, go, go How ahead. many
1: guys do you have? Just out of curiosity,
0: I have like two or three.
1: Okay, yeah, I have three buys and three sells. Uh, Two of my buys are goalies, though. Uh, Okay. A little different, but uh, go ahead. You you were gonna start, so go ahead. All
0: right, I'm gonna buy low. In fact, I want to see how much his ownership is in um in average leagues because I think he might even still be on the waiver wire. And at this point, I am like all in on picking him up. Mm. Um, the name is Tom. The name is Tom Wilson. Everybody. Oh. Um. I don't say this out of, uh, like, reactionary because he had a four-point night the other night. So he's available in, holy shit, in over 91% of leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, he has 13 points through 25 games. He has 68 penalty minutes, which is... I didn't know anyone could have that many penalty <laughs> minutes so far this season. Um, The reason I think you should... A, pick him up immediately, or if he's available, buy incredibly low on him. Right now, they're playing him with uh, Ovechkin and Backstrom. Um, I think Ovechkin's going to end up winning the Rocket Richard this year. I think he's going to have the most goals in the league. The reason I say buy low or pick up Tom Wilson, not just because it's not like Tom Wilson is this big, bruising, like – like I don't want to say Marcus Felino, but he's not like this bruiser that uh, is a Neanderthal with the puck. Tom Wilson was the 16th overall pick in his draft in 2012, and I know 2012 wasn't the strongest draft in the world, but to be the 16th pick, you have to have you had to have um, displayed some level of skill. And I think last year in the playoffs, it was sort of a uh, un under the radar story that when Tom Wilson was out on the ice, they actually did produce a lot of chances and he was involved in it when when the fourth line was getting minutes. And then they saw they increased his ice time as the playoffs went. I think this could be a guy that they keep on this top line for even if it's just for the short term. I don't see any world where he drops back to the to the third line he's averaging 15 minutes a game and like his ice time is drastically increasing i think you're gonna see it's not the breakout moment it could be but i don't think it is just yet but i think he's definitely someone that you could buy for next to nothing
1: yeah or pick him up basically
0: or you could pick him up too i think that's definitely a guy that i am like try and get him I think yeah, I mean, that's you, my first If you one.
1: look at his minutes, you know, he's been averaging more than 15 lately. If you go back uh, through his last nine games, he's played over 15, 13. All. Most of the time he's in the 16, 18 range. I mean, if obviously, to me, this all depends. If your league doesn't have penalty minutes as a category for whatever reason, then obviously this changes everything. But, yeah, if he's playing this role, if he can even get you – 40 points you're getting a huge value because he's probably going to get you 200 penalty minutes as well uh, i'd like to see the shot rate keep up he's had three in each of the last two games he's barely over one on season so he's a guy i would like a lot more in in a head-to-head format because he could win you penalty minutes by himself in a week than i wouldn't a roto just because yeah he's going to help you in the penalty minutes but he's also going to bear you in shots where on head-to-head it's not going to Kill you as much, but uh, it'll be interesting. I I hope he stays there. Honestly, this team needs more balance than they have. I'm not sure he necessarily is the reason why he gives them more balance, but just loading up the first line doesn't do them any good. I assume Jason is the guy who's going to drop down for Oshi once Oshi gets back, and not Wilson. Definitely something to keep an eye on. He, at the least, you know, I've been streaming him a decent amount. He is the best streamer for pally minutes. Uh, Andrew Shaw is close. He's not going to give you as many penalty minutes, but he's probably going to give you a little bit more offense right now. But those two are definitely guys I could get behind. Uh, the first guy I had was, uh, I mean, this is these guys, all mine are owned in the majority of leagues except the last one, uh, Devin Dubnik. Save percentage only at nine fourteen, goals against two point seven eight. Doesn't look great, but the Wild are getting healthy. Uh, you know, he was having a great game the other day, and then gave up four goals late in the game to the Kings, which is quite unfortunate. You look at the Wild schedule going forward; it's not as bad as one would imagine. They're going to get Spurgeon back momentarily. Dumba's finally coming along, which is. Uh, a great sign for them getting all the forwards back like they've just been such a beat-up team and we have a history of of Dubnik being a very good goalie you know his average save percentage including this year over uh, the last two plus seasons is a 920 he started more games than anybody in that stretch that qualifies with a you above 9.15 save percentage. So the volume is going to be excellent as well, especially because Staylock looks just as bad as Kemper or everyone else did in the past. I don't know if his name value is going to keep his uh, value up as high, but I think in the second half of the year, he's probably a top-five goalie. I don't know if you'd have to give up that much to get him.
0: That's fair. Um, uh, my next by low, I don't even think he is. Oh, I guess there is, um, news. Well, we're going to try and break it. Hopefully it comes during the podcast. Everybody, the, uh, Matthew Kachuk had a meeting with, um, player safety for, I think it was a slash he had, or it was a dirty hit in the game last night he was
1: going back and forth with garner the whole time. i mean i don't know i didn't really see anything bad if anything uh he got it a couple times too you know anderson gave him a blocker to the head and some other shit i mean i don't know kachuk was doing what kachuk does but
0: uh, yeah he is the modern day claude lemieux and it is beautiful to see he ended up with zero penalty minutes too which this is actually frustrating if you're a matthew kachuk owner he has zero penalty minutes in his last 10 games. Mm-hmm. Also, how is that possible for him? I don't know. <laughs> um, he probably comes in as a buy low candidate.
1: Yeah, I was going to actually put him on my list if I went deeper just because you know, the minutes are there. Penalty the minutes are th- going to come back. And...
0: The shot rate is there as well. Mm-hmm. Like He's at about two and a half a game. Like... 17 points in 27 games. You drafted him for penalty minutes, and he's actually not really delivering that much on that. I mean,
1: he's still been fine.
0: Right. 29 pims in 27 games, though. Like, Also, I guess you could argue 29 penalty minutes in 17 games because he's got none in his right. last 10. I. It's still it's going to get back there, and I think the goals are going to produce. Calgary was in a little bit of a funk. I think they're going to get over it. I think people um anxious owners in your league are going to be nervous about him. So he's uh he's probably my second buy low candidate mm-hmm. right now. Um do we you have a couple more? Yeah, I mean the
1: quick one is just John Gibson too because the Ducks are getting healthy. He's another guy who's going to who's put up a great save percentage. You know, Ryan Miller has been very very good. That might actually be a reason why he'll be able to buy Gibson even lower. I just think this Ducks team was able to tread water long enough that they're probably going to get dangerous really soon. But uh, it's just, it's the same kind of deal as, uh, as Dubnik, I think, even to a bigger extreme because the Ducks have been gutted even more than, than the Wild were. Who do you have as your third guy?
0: Um, no, I actually have more. I have some sell uh, candidates oh, right okay. now. The
1: last the last buy I had was Cam Fowler. Uh, he's actually yes. available in a decent amount of leagues right now. Uh, Double checking his percentage before I keep going. Um, but the big reason is the minutes are through the roof, and their D is actually healthy now. You know, with Votnin Gone, it's opened up a lot. He hasn't been great, especially in the shot department, which is disappointing. He's only had twenty three shots in seventeen games. I'm going to imagine that turns around just because last year he's had like two and a quarter a game. I don't know why that would drop so much. You look at his game log uh, minutes played in the last 10 games, 23, 22, 23, 25, 24, 21, 23, 28, 31, 24 and a half. Like the minutes are insane right now. Uh, He's available in over 50% of leagues. He has a point and – Six of the last nine games, three or four of the last five. He's coming on right now. It's only gonna get better once once Getzlav and Kessler get back and Silverberg too. So I would definitely grab Fowler if he's available in your league right now.
0: Yeah, um I actually do have one more by low candidate. I can't believe I forgot about him. Um his name we've talked about him a lot. He's owned in eighty one percent of leagues, so you're there's still a chance you could grab him on the waiver wire mm-hmm. for the 19% of you that are lucky. Also, the 19% of you that foolishly have not picked him up yet. Uh, Brock Besser, um, 25 points in 25 games. He's uh, about two and a half shots a game. Like, he is the real deal. Yeah. And I didn't
1: even realize he was that low. Like, I had him in our money league all year and I just I drafted him just like see what happened the first week and I'm just I haven't caught him I've never let go of him since it's crazy he's still at only 80 percent of him he's at a point per game
0: yeah um all right so now for some sell candidates Mm -hmm. I'm gonna start off and I can't believe I'm gonna do this because he is probably the front runner for the uh, Calder trophy um, Clayton Keller, I'm actually selling. Okay. Um, part of the reason is he's sort of uh, cooled off a bit in his last couple of games. Uh, he still has 23 points on the year. 20, hold on, where is he? Uh, Clayton Keller. Yeah, 23 points, 11 goals, 12 assists. He's a minus 17, so he's burying you there. So, okay. Um, Eight special teams points, 87 shots. So he's at two and a half he's, to, almost three. He's, he's really close to three shots a game mm. the reason I'm selling is for one he's cooled off a lot and two he's played more games than anybody else they've played 30 games mm. you're not getting as many games out of him as you are other people so that's part of the reason why I'm selling high right now there's still the stigma that Clayton Keller is a god which I still think he's going to be uh, top ten player in the league, at some point to, uh, in the next few years. But right now, I think I can get great value for him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't hate the idea at all. In a, in a yeah. redraft, you know, maybe you get someone who thinks you know he's going to keep this up. You never know a rookie could hit the wall. There's you know Arizona. I mean, he could just keep killing you in plus minus too. So yeah, go keep. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I'm on board with this one for sure.
0: No, that's fine. That was pretty much it. Like mm-hmm. I think I made my peace with it.
1: Yeah. Uh my big one was uh Joe Pavelski. I, I know he hasn't had a a good year anyway, so you know, he's only got thirteen points at twenty six games. Although he's given you great pally minutes and uh you know, a decent shot rate. You know, the problem is, you know, the minutes are just trending really in the wrong direction. You know, the last three games, sixteen, fifteen, thirteen and a half. I'm just starting to think. I mean, he is older than most. There could be a chance that we're just seeing a decline here, a changing of the guard in San Jose. I mean, Burns hasn't been as great. Dubowski's uh, going in the wrong direction too. I mean, he's such a big name. He's a guy who's going in the second round in drafts. You know, maybe you can get someone to bet on him bouncing back. But I'm just, I'm not there. I just, I don't. He doesn't look good. You know, the line, him and Thorne together, just looks slow all the time no matter who they're against it it's weird because the sharks are doing very well but it's not because of those guys and you know, could he bounce back sure if the power play gets going i do expect it to happen somewhat but i mean they just that first line does not look good at all and like i said the minutes are in the wrong direction if you can sell pavelski just based on the name i would do it in a heartbeat
0: yeah they don't score um san jose is what i thought the kings were going to be this year right they've given up 61 goals which i think is the best in the league or second best Mm -hmm. no i think it is best in the league yeah it is um they've only scored 66 like that's horrible yeah that's that's second second yeah yeah only the sabers who jesus um, only the Sabres have scored fewer goals this year. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's just yikes. Um, My sell low candidate, or my sell kind of candidate, I guess. I don't really know how to like phrase it because he's only owned in 61% of leagues. Uh, Jacob Truba. Nine points through 28 games. He's a little over two shots a game. Like, they're they're talking about how he's been a really good defenseman for them this year, and it's true. He's been very good for them this year in a shutdown role. And that's not what you want as a fantasy hockey owner. You want points. You want defensemen that score. That's why Will Butcher, while not a better in real life defenseman than Jacob Truba, is a better fantasy defenseman than Jacob Truba. So... Like that's why we prioritize Kevin Shattenkirk over Ryan McDonough in fantasy hockey. Mm. But in real hockey, no one's ever doing that. Right. So I think it's important to keep in mind, I feel like I should re up my article that I did like two years ago on how these in time like these real life, like very, very, very elite hockey players sometimes are pretty below average fantasy players. Mm fantasy players and then these average on ice and these average names are actually elite fantasy players um another guy i want to bring up yeah not shame yeah
1: i'll just quick on true but like, okay good now that the the jets had decent defensive depth it's hurting him too he played almost 25 minutes a game last year he's down to 21 this year and that obviously goes a long way in and of itself You're right, though. I mean, anything deeper than a 12-er, I'd probably hold on just to hope that things turn around. But in a normal 12-man league right now, I'm just cutting bait.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so Matt Duchesne, are you – he's owned in 49% of – 48.7% of leagues, so he's right about halfway. Are you – is he a buy low or a sell high candidate? Because he has been dreadful I don't even know if since could, coming out. I don't even though. know if you
1: could even sell high on him. I, I don't really buy in, though. Like, if you you look at how they're using him, like, I thought he was going to play with Hoffman, but he, he's playing with Zach Smith and Zing and Ryan Zingle. They're keeping Hoffman with Peugeot. They loaded up the first line, Brassard Stone and Ryan. Like, I, 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 Duchesne's not in a great – you know, he's actually – you know, he's in a worse spot with terms of linemates than he was in Colorado. Sure, he's on a way better power play unit, uh, in theory at least with Hoffman and Carlson. But I'm kind of selling. Like, I, I still love his talent, but I just I have to see it for some stretches, and he just he hasn't shown anything to this point. And uh, Otto was just a mess. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, there's all this talk. Carlson saying he basically wants a max uh, in a year and a half, so they got that looming over their heads. Well, it sucks for them because they're wasting. Stone has been excellent. Brassman's been excellent. Hoffman's been his usual good self. Uh, Peugeot's solid. And they're still getting buried mostly because goaltending sucks. And the blue line still sucks. I mean, now Shabbat's up finally, and they're playing him with with Faneuf. He should be playing more than he is. He's their second-best defenseman already. I get that. Yep. You know, he is a righty, so you're not going to play him with Carlson. But he should be playing 20 minutes a game, night in and night out. Phaneuf you know, and CeCe just suck. They get killed. It doesn't end. Maybe CeCe being out is a blessing in disguise for, for now. I don't know. I mean, there's no reinforcements coming either. I mean, Colin White could be back. That's about it. He's not going to change everything. I, I just don't like this Ottawa team right now outside of, you know, Stone, Hoffman, and, and Carlson even hasn't been that good. But obviously, you I get rid of them. Uh, Brassard's fringe. Duchesne's fringe, too. It, 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 I, I don't know. I'm not really buying into a resurgence, really.
0: Yeah. I, um, I'm going to give one more I guess I have one more buy low candidate and it's a really big name. Mm -hmm. And you sort of just like sparked my idea behind it. Mm. Um, Eric Carlson. And you're thinking, why would anyone sell Eric Carlson? Eric Carlson hasn't registered a point in nine straight games. He's been a minus player in looks like I think seven of those nine games. And... He's got a goal and 16 assists through 21 games on the year. He's over two shots a game, close to three. He's like 2.67 shots per game. Mm -hmm. The reason I say buy low, and I think a lot of what's been wrong with Ottawa, they've, they're one seven of one in their last nine. They've played seven of those nine on the road. Like, they've been absolutely buried by the schedule. This is an an atrocious part of their schedule. And they're going to break through it. They do have more road games because they had so many road games or home games to start the year. They've already played 14 games at home. They've played seven of their last... They're going to be playing eight of the last ten on the road with with their uh, game tonight. And they're still at 13 road games compared to 14 home games like they played they had all of their games at home to start um i think ottawa will bounce back to a degree i expect them to stay around fake 500 once their schedule evens out and they get more things like home games but, but is it really they, I mean
1: you just said it yourself they've already they've played more home games than road games so is it really going to even out I mean obviously compared to this well, stretch the,
0: but. well after this next game in LA they've had a they're on a west coast trip right now my assumption is that they have to play at San Jose after their game against the Kings tonight I haven't even looked at their schedule but I'm assuming that's what it is because that's how most of the schedule makers do it they're probably like then they'll be 50-50 the rest of the way so, they'll get home games still. They'll still have to play on the road. But this this road trip has been awful. Like their late, their last five games have been at Montreal, at the Islanders, at Winnipeg, at Anaheim, and now at the Kings. Those none of those are easy games, especially with how Montreal's played Zero. the last ten, fifteen games. Like the, none of those were easy. They're games before that, home against the Islanders, at Columbus, at Washington, at the Rangers. Like how many of those games would they have been favored in? regardless.
1: Well, that's how many teams are they going to be favored against? The They're just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I don't think this team like to dif- sniff the playoffs at this point. I just think
0: I don't Anderson, yeah, I Anderson and
1: that. Condon, like Anderson gave them such good goaltending last year. I just, it doesn't look like he's anywhere near that level. You only can get by so long when Carlson's not playing like a demigod. They only can do so much because they just get killed whenever he's off the ice. And they have for years. Uh, yeah, I don't know this team. They're even worse than I, than I thought they were going to be. And I picked them to finish sixth in the division. Granted, there are two teams worse than them, and I picked them to be out of Ottawa too. The Sabres division, that, the Atlantic's just a, a massive.
0: The Atlantic mm-hmm. is just horrible yeah. this year. The, the other two sell
1: guys I have, and it feels kind of weird saying it because I, I mean they're both on Nashville. and Nashville's just absolutely killing it right now. Kyle Turris, the points are there, and I don't necessarily think they're going to go away, but they're only playing him like 14, 15 minutes a game. I don't think that's going to change either. Like, it just seems to be what they want to do. They want to give his line heavy offensive zone starts, which is nice, but they're not giving him big minutes. He's had one game where he got good minutes with Johansson. Even with Johansson, i has been playing 14, 15 minutes. The shot rate sucks. Uh, I don't know how much you could even get for him. He was caught in some leagues but I don't know. I, I'm hesitant to say he's going to buy back or bounce back at least this year. Like long-term, I still love him. Maybe they start to play him more, but I haven't really seen much that I think that's going to happen, especially while they're, they're rolling and they're atop the, the Western conference right now. It's something to keep an eye on. I'm, I wouldn't necessarily count it in buying back, I guess, more than I'm looking to, to sell him. A guy – I would sell is Matias Eckholm. He's been outstanding and he's amazing in real life, but this screams fluke to me, especially because Ryan Ellis is gonna be back soon and I would guess that Eckholm loses his power play spot then. There is a chance they use two defensemen on each unit. But traditionally they like they like Arvidsson on the point. He's not gonna he's not gonna be out there in place of Yossi, Suban or Ellis. So I think that could really kill Eckholm's value, if he loses his power play spot, plus his minutes have been through the roof, and I assume that's going to come down a bit too once Ellis comes back and they can count on that second pair more than they do right now. I, I, think, I don't really feel these are slam dunks, but because there is a chance Eckholm stays on the power play or that, you know, turns minutes go up, but just knowing how Laviolette deals with things i'd be kind of surprised if both of them can maintain their value from where it's at right now
0: so are you would you be willing to say that you're interested in buying pk suban with the idea that when Alice comes back suban will get more minutes
1: yeah I, I would say so i mean he's been so bad too you could probably get him for for cheap not so bad but compared to where usually his shot rate is you know, a little over two per game, which isn't quite normal, but everything else is looking fine. He's racking up the power play assists already. The penalty minutes are there. Yeah, I would, I would buy Man. You know, he's already playing, you know, his 24 minutes. I don't know how much that's going to change. That's around where it was last year. But it did pick up a bit at the end of last year once he, after he started slow. I mean, I really like Nashville, too. It's not It's not a knock on those guys. I mean, gun to head right now, I'd pick them to make the finals in the West. I think they're the most complete team top to bottom, which somewhat hurts them in fantasy because they're not playing any of these forwards, massive minutes outside of Forsberg, really. You know, they have great depth and they're using it. They're playing Bonino over 15 minutes. They're playing Turs about 15 minutes. You no, know, they're playing even Yarncroak when Johansson's in 10, 12 minutes. So they have their eye on the big picture, keeping everyone fresh letting their depth do the work in the regular season. I just don't see them pushing these guys more than they are. Like, if you look at where Eckholm and Yossi are now, their the game log for their minutes, you know, they're pushing 28 a game on most nights. Yeah, Eckholm only played 20 the last game, but that was because they went up 5 nothing and he barely had to play in the third period. But before that, you know, 28, 25, 25, 25. I think they want to keep that down a little bit. Again, you look at where Eckholm is, 18 points. His career-high is 35. Nine of that's on the power play. His career-high is 10. He's shooting 13%. He's never shot better than eight in the season before. A lot of it just seems fluky to me, so I would be looking to, to sell him off. He also has a career-high shot rate, and that's still only like just at one and a half a game. So I feel better selling Eckholm. I don't know what you get for him. But he has been playing very well, so maybe you'd be able to get him, you know, another, maybe a third defenseman for him that has a better chance of producing over the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. Uh, just um, quick,
1: before we do three-point challenge, we haven't really talked about any of that NHL award stuff. We're about third of the way through the year now. Uh, quickly, I mean, there's six major trophies. We don't have to go in-depth on these the two of them that are, I think, are slam dunks. The Adams has to be Gallant, right?
0: Yes, and, easily. And
1: Vezina is Bob. Or, yep. Okay. I mean, quick
0: or wait, quick, well, quick,
1: Rene Vezelis. Like, there's some guys who are kind of close, but I, I just think Bob, for now, is just slightly ahead of all these guys. You look at what Columbus is doing. I mean, they're a point behind New Jersey. They haven't gotten, like, the massive production out of Panarin or, or anything. Atkinson has been quite poor compared to what we expected. You look in terms of, of save percentage throughout the league, you know, Bob is yeah, eighth now, but if you kind of go you know, the top three guys have only played eight games. Dowell is ahead of him, too. He's played 10 games. Guys who are actually starters, he is behind Vasilevsky, Crawford, Quick, but he's right there. I mean, I, I guess you can make a reasonable debate for Vasilevsky if you wanted to, or Quick for that matter. There, there, yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's even out a bit. I didn't realize uh, Bob's had a couple poor games in a row to drag him back down.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think Vasilevsky probably gets the Vesna right now. It's so, like it's
1: so open. I mean, so yeah, much-
0: it's really open. I think it's a, probably a four-horse race. I don't. I don't think Rene is going to keep in it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I but, don't know. I mean, the team's so good in front of him, but he doesn't. He usually doesn't play this well over a full season. He usually ends up having a downswing at some point. So I, yeah. I would agree. Um, Caller trophy. Are you still going to Keller? Is it Barzil? Is it Besser? Is it Sergachev?
0: I think it's Barzil right now.
1: That's tough. Um, I, I, I,
0: you really can't go wrong with it. Yeah, though.
1: no, this is a, like I talked about it on a Thanksgiving podcast, like low key, very good call to race. I kind of lean Besser, but I don't know. Barzel's coming on strong. If I had to pick at the end of the year, I get, I think I would say Barzel, but I think Besser has it right now. I, it's so marginal for sure. Um, the Norris, um uh, you know, Petrangelo stormed out in front. Is it still him? Is there somebody else? I don't it seems like a down year for defensemen, really. Uh,
0: across yeah, the um, yeah. Like, okay.
1: Yossi's if I told play, you that John,
0: right? if I told you that John Carlson had twenty-two points through twenty-nine games, would you believe me? Yeah. At the start of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been a Carlson guy for a few years. I remember you were. You were down on him a lot last year, and you ended up being kind of right because he was hurt, and then they jerked him around. And got back. It honestly doesn't surprise me. I mean, when, was it two years ago he played it? He had like 56 points. I'm going to bring it up now. Uh, it's It doesn't come as a complete shock to me. I, you're right. I think he does deserve uh, some credit. He had 55 points there. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, did the minutes are massive, too. They're using him in a defensive role, and, and he's still producing. So, I, yeah, I think, you know, he isn't getting. he's another guy we could have talked about uh, last week, not getting enough credit for how good he's been. I mean, he's pushing three shots yeah. a game. You know, yeah, the plus-minus is bad, but I think that'll end up fixing it itself, too. Yeah, I don't even know. This Norris is a mess. I think Yossi deserves some consideration.
0: Ugh. I agree. Um, what do we think about – oh, I guess for um, Calder Trophy, I you know I completely forgot about it. Mikhail Sergachev has 19 points mm-hmm. through 27 games. He only gets 14 and a half minutes a game. Yeah, no, that's and the reason
1: why I keep saying I would sell him in Fed. Uh, I was saying that a few weeks ago I would sell him because the minutes just aren't good enough, but he's still finding a way to produce despite it.
0: It's all in the power play, man. Yeah. He's got 10 power play points. Right, 10 of his 19 points are on the power mm-hmm. play. Um, If I told you Nick Letty would be second among defensemen <laughs> in points, Dude, he is would you believe me?
1: Pistol. No, that I wouldn't believe you. I mean, he's been good for 45-ish points the last few years, and if you told me he was on pace to get about 50, I'd say, okay. Uh, in the 60s, no shot. Uh, you know, Klingberg deserves some credit, too. I mean, there there are plenty of guys. The Norris, I mean, I don't even know where you'd start right now to pick. You
0: know. Yeah, it's very open for the Norris. And I think that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, for I, sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really care too much about the Selkie. Uh, who do you have as, as a heart right now?
0: Um. Good God. I don't even know if there's a real like... I don't think someone's too far ahead. I'll say I, I want to give it to Kopitar
1: right now, actually. Uh, he's yes. decently over... He's you know well over a point per game. He's on pace for like 40 plus 50. Actually, like a little better than that. like 40 plus 55. He's logging huge minutes with uh, Carter out. He's got Dustin Brown back to being a, a relevant player again. The Kings are top of the division. You know, he's just been a monster, and They don't have the offensive depth at all behind him. Like, it's tough to pick a Tampa guy. Calgary isn't – you know, Goudreau's been great. But they have Monahan in – the team itself hasn't been that good. I honestly think, like, someone from Winnipeg. But, again, it's the same thing. Like, do you pick Wheeler or Scheifele? Like, where do you you pick your spot? All the Blues guys are canceling out each other. Um, Ovechkin's been great. He deserves some mention too. But – Kopitar just seems like a, as a standalone option, just like so much better than anything else to have on that team. And they're going to be doing as well as they are. Yeah, Quick deserves a bunch of credit. It's his best season almost ever. But uh, I would give it to Kopitar right now.
0: Yeah, I actually agree with that. It's, it's really hard because a lo- there's a lot of stacking at the top in terms of mm-hmm. – dominance like it's a lot of uh duos or whole line trios right. that are doing really well and then you have Kopitar. Like it's one of those if I t- another if I told you mom, if I told you Dustin Brown would have more points than Jack Eichel <laughs> 29 games into the season, would you believe me? No. I would have said fuck, Eichel got hurt again. Right. <laughs> but that didn't happen. Right. Like and Dustin Brown does have more points than Jack Eichel, which I cannot believe I'm actually saying that as a truthful statement. Mm-hmm. So like I agree. I think Kopitar right now is your front runner, but I could definitely see a world where I don't know, like, does Johnny Tavares get credit for no, elevating the play of Josh Bailey and Anders? Yeah, Lee? I mean
1: he certainly could play his way into the discussion. Uh I mean obviously one of the Tampa guys still could. Now, the question, I mean, Ovechkin's playing at a 60 goal pace almost. Is he in play? Obviously, if you, if you end up scoring 55 plus goals, you're always in play. If Edmonton can get back in it, McDavid's going to be the reason why, and then he'll probably be the front runner. Honestly, I'm just not too sure that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Even the Flyers guys, I mean, check has been amazing, but they, they, they're not going to give it to a team who's doing that poorly. No, I picked Philly to finish last in the division. I would be kind of surprised if they didn't at this point.
0: Yeah, uh, they have issues. That is it mostly goaltending. I haven't seen too many of their games, but like their defense core doesn't seem terrible. Yeah, it's they not have really good. Either, good f- though I mean, right, it's not great
1: good in, in Barrett for you know an offensive guy, but the defense is still pretty poor the top line scoring, the second line starting to but they haven't been before they're not getting any secondary scoring You're like he has got 9 points patrick was hurt he's only got 6 in 19 games phil pulo's actually giving them decent depth points but he uh, he just doesn't really do anything for me um but yeah you, you got a 909 from elliot noivirth was okay 915 but uh, it's the same issue. It's been goaltending with them for so long. Outside of the one year Mason gave them good goaltending, that it's just going to keep bearing them, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm just looking around here to see if there's, like, anyone. Anyone to me that's standing out like a dark horse. Not really.
1: No, it's, it's a lot of the usual suspects. Otherwise, I mean... As good as Vegas has been, they don't really have anyone that's in that category. You, you don't really see it. I mean, like, if Colorado could somehow keep winning to stay relevant. Then, then I then think McKinnon, McKinnon into, becomes a yeah, serious consideration. Yeah, but I just I don't see that happening either. Right. And so many of these teams just have multiple guys that it's just hard to pick one. Uh,
0: okay, Here, here's a question. How many points would a forward have to have on a team that doesn't make the playoffs in order to win the Hart trophy?
1: I don't even know. Some people probably just wouldn't vote them at all. It's almost impossible. Like he'd probably, I mean, if McDavid got a hundred points, cause I assume you're talking about him really. Uh, if he got over a hundred points, 110 points, maybe they vote that way. But hockey writers are kind of like old school with this, uh, like how baseball used to be the MVP. They don't want to give an MVP to a guy on a bad team even though Mike Trout's still the best player and if it wasn't for him that the angels might as well not exist as of like, you know, two, three years ago, I just don't think they would vote for him. But if he stormed the league and had, yeah, if he had 110 points or something, maybe, but I mean, at this point Kucherov's playing at a 120 point pace. If he gets to a hundred or 105 and McDavid beats him by five points, but Tampa Bay has 40 more points or not 40 more point, let's see. Twenty-five to thirty more points than the Oilers, then I would see them voting for him over McDavid. Then, so it's right. just so stacked against a guy from a bad team getting in, or getting the heart. I mean,
0: yeah, know. I think there is a threshold, though. Like there is somewhere, I if, just
1: don't know why it's.
0: It's, hard to say it's a. Re- it I mean, it's really hard to do a uh, like something like that. Like I like the uh, R- Rocket Richard Trophy. Like, okay, who statistically has the most goals <laughs> at the end of the year? perfect i can give someone this award not not too complicated for who is the best f- who's the most valuable forward to their team well now i have a bunch of different criteria that i could weigh i'm at that point i become the playoff uh, fo- college football playoff selection committee mm-hmm. where i can go however way i want at that point so
1: yeah i'm trying to see if anyone's ever uh Never even won the hard Trophy without uh, making the playoffs. Uh, apparently, it's happened four times. Uh, the most recent was '87-'88, which is uh, was Mario Lemieux. He had uh, 168 points in 78 games, uh, and Gretzky missed 16 games that year. And so that's probably the reason why. Otherwise, you're looking at a Andy Bathgate in '59, he, he ripped it up for the Rangers. They missed the playoffs by one point. Uh, a goaltender, uh, Al Rollins, and then Tommy Anderson during World War II. It, it's just so rare to happen that I just couldn't expect it. They, he'd have to win the scoring total by like 20 points or something. I think. Uh, let's get to, let's get to the three point challenge for tonight. Yes. So we got. Arizona is at Boston, Islanders at Pittsburgh, interesting game. Uh, Calgary on the back-to-back against Montreal. Looked great last night. They didn't get the win. Does it, do they come out defeated or do they just keep up that great play? Uh, Colorado at Tampa, yeah, Winnipeg at Florida, Dallas at St. Louis is probably the marquee game of the night. Uh, Philly at Vancouver, Ottawa at L.A., Carolina at San Jose, I had another two point game naturally. No one else. Anyway, I don't think. I'll let you go ahead. I'll run down the top 10. All right, it's actually uh, 11 guys we can't take Kucherov, Stamkos, Goudreau, Wheeler, Kopitar, Scheifele, Kessel, Schwartz, Warchek, and then in tied for 10th is McDavid and Braden Shen. Also, Braden yeah. Shen and Schwartz, plus 22 already. <laughs> it's just ridiculous how good they've been. like. I just never saw this coming. Like, and Shen hasn't even been as good on the power play as he was in uh, Philadelphia. I'm trying to. I'll bring up the numbers now. I wrote about it uh, the other day for my daily notes. But Shen's career high in even strength points in the season is 32. He already has 25 in 28 games. It's just
0: unbelievable yeah. What they're doing. All right, I'm gonna go with Brock Besser. Mm. uh i think they have a great spot they're at home against philadelphia philadelphia just came off a big win on the road at edmonton last night um this is just prime letdown game here uh i think besser is gonna just do work against this flyers defense yeah uh give me a besser on this one
1: i like it i'm gonna go with uh red at home against arizona the top line starting to play a little better Arizona's just a mess it, and Boston you can't afford to like not play this top line 18 to 20 minutes every night until they get three goals ahead They just lack so much depth that I could see all three of those guys having three point nights honestly it's gonna be expensive to stack them in DFS but if you're a person who makes multiple lineups, I would be sure to have that stack on at least one of them. I agree. So, uh, I'm going to get this podcast up right away. Uh, it's the usual stuff. A five star review really would help uh, go a long way. Uh, if you or anyone you know wants to sponsor the podcast, reach out to us in the comment section or uh, you know, Twitter, however you want to do it. I'm at Viz. Read is at Reed Cash with the K17. Uh, anything you want us to talk about next week, put it in the comment section yeah at hockey.rasball.com. anything else Reed?
0: no that's about it i'm just looking forward to uh i'm looking forward to the slate games today tonight i i think colorado at tampa is going to be a shootout i'm looking forward to it
1: yeah it should be a good game i mean colorado's playing yeah. better than uh, we expected for sure uh, so that's it for now uh, enjoy some hockey uh, get some christmas shopping done don't put it off too long
0: yeah seriously or else you're gonna be throwing elbows at canadians in the uh in the outlet malls on uh december 23rd aka my favorite time of the year (laughs) literally just throw bows everywhere out of my way Um, poutine
1: (laughs) shout out again to saudi arabia and angola for listening Uh,
0: yeah seriously we'll be back
1: next week either on uh tuesday or thursday so until next time take it easy everybody
0: Yep, take care of them.